Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hello and welcome to another episode of Tendy Talk. I am your host Joe, better known as Washed Up Goalie on social media. This week it was a real treat to talk to the off-ice training guru Maria Mountain of Goalie Training Pro. But before I talk to Maria, let's take a short break. Hey everybody, Joe here for Anchor, the podcast provider. Here's all you really need to know. One, it's free, and two, Tendy Talk uses it. Anchor has features for your podcast like voicemail and listener support that's all available free through the Anchor app or through anchor.fm. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your episodes easily from your phone or computer, then Anchor does the hard work of distributing your episode through all the major podcast distributors, that is, after you've registered with them, of course. You can also make money for your podcast. I know I will try and do so, so that I can cover simple costs like website hosting. There is no minimum listenership required for you to start earning, so you can start right away. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And now, back to the show. Maria, thank you for joining me today. It's a uh, pleasure to have you as a goalie. I've been following you for quite some time. So thanks for uh, joining the podcast. It's my pleasure. It's great to meet up with you. Whose jersey you got on there? So for those listening, uh, I I know this episode will probably air sometime in October, but we are recording on September 11th. So I am wearing my FDNY hockey jersey. Um, And I've got a Chicago Fire Department hockey team. Uh, hat on uh, because both both uh, teams are very near and dear to me. I have a former college teammate that plays on the FDNY team now. Um, 
but my dad spent nearly 30 years on Chicago and responded to New York uh, following the attacks. So um, it it was a uh, interesting situation uh, at the time. My dad was the uh, head of collapse rescue for the city of Chicago. So when that first building came down, I just knew he was going to New York. And um, I I was right. I was at college at the time. And I remember the phone ringing that evening, the call I had been waiting for. It was the uh, classic double ring from off campus. And usually when mom and dad called, because this was pre-cell phones, pre-social media, so you might talk to your mom and dad once a week if you are lucky. So it was usually a half hour, 45 minute phone call. And this one, it was, uh, I answered, I said, hello. My dad said, uh, I'm going to New York in the morning. And I said, I, I know. He, he didn't have to tell me. I knew. And he simply responded, I don't know when. And then there was a pause and he said, or if I'll be home. Yeah. Uh, and then it was just, I love you. And that was all I could say back to him. And that, that, that was the phone call. Um, but, uh, it was about 10, 12 days they spent out there. They, they literally slept on the sidewalk if they weren't digging on the rubble and then they came home and it, it's been interesting. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. You know, it's, it, being nine eleven, the day we record, you know, you being Canadian, you know, I'm curious to know how it uh, impacted, you know, Canada as a nation. I know there there was a small airport that uh, wound up taking a lot of the international air traffic and just blew up in size for a few days for its um, uh, population. And they were nothing but uh, hospitable. But as Canadians, you know, what, what was that day like for you guys? Well, it was, yeah, it was unbelievable. It's it's emotional, um, yeah. you know, and I'm Canadian, but uh, I remember we were on a retreat. I worked at Fowler Kennedy Sport Medicine Clinic at the time, and we were we had a staff retreat at one of uh, at the head physical therapist's cottage. And so we were, you know, in that sort of workshopping and stuff all day long. And the phone rang at one point and he went and answered it and came back and he didn't say anything. And then just before we wrapped up. So probably three in the afternoon, uh, he said, you know, planes have hit the world trade centers in New York and, and there's been, you know, another crash at the Pentagon and, and they think it was terrorism. And like at the time, and even listening to the radio and, and cause it was about a, a hour drive home we were listening to the radio. I was like, well, that's impossible. Like, yeah. It's impossible. Like, what do you mean a plane flew into it? Like a plane is flown into the empire state building. And it yeah. didn't fall down. Like, so this, you know, and, and, you know, it's like, this is worse than the attack on Pearl Harbor. It's like, I, I doubt it's worse than the attack on Pearl Harbor. And then, you know, and then you get home and you see those images. And yep. it's just like, so it was, you know, I think it just, and, and I remember there was um, a conference, sport medicine conference, probably three weeks later. And, you know, so there were guest speakers and uh, from, from the States coming up. To, to present the ones that could make it, you know, they, like we had sort of on doors to businesses, like we support you, we stand with you. And, um, you know, they just said it meant a lot, but yeah, you know, and it's interesting because I've talked to a few people today and with the current political climate, I think in both countries, um, th- there's a certain desire to go back to September 12th when it didn't matter who you believed in what color you were who you voted for we were just neighbors 
Yeah. And we yeah. cared about totally each better. other. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's, uh, you know, they say maybe you live in interesting times. And <laughs> yeah. Um, although I, I was reading something this morning. Uh, it was a fellow. He said he was born in 1980. And this struck to me because I was born in 81. And he said, you know, he was born in 1980. And the moon landing was 11 years before he was born. And it seemed so far in the past to him. And now he has a daughter who was born 11 years after the attacks and how to him it it's like yesterday. It's not yeah. ancient history. So, yeah. it, it, but it, it really put things in perspective to me of, you know, I, I was alive that close to the moon landing. It wasn't all that long ago in my <laughs> lifetime. <laughs> I was born when they landed on the moon. My mother saw them land on the moon from the hospital. Oh, crazy. How fun. Yeah, well, it's funny because I saw a guy, a, a post today on Facebook too, referred to, well, you know, I'm not one of the older generation who remember 9-11. Well, <laughs> my son is 12 and he keeps referring to uh, my youth as the olden days. And he's still not convinced that McDonald's was around when I was a kid. <laughs> I, I had to pull up Wikipedia to prove to him that McDonald's has been around my whole life. In fact, it it's been around almost the uh, entire life of your grandparents as well, kid. <laughs> yeah. Actually, fun fact, I think the first McDonald's in Canada was in my hometown. Oh, fun. Mm-hmm. Fun. Well, well let, let's get into some of the more, you know, fun stuff, the, the hockey yeah. side of things. Um, the, the reason for this podcast, talking to other goalies. Um, you know, I, I've been following you for a while, and it was through In Goal that I, I learned of you, um, and I, I got it interested to, to know more because I'm getting older in age as a beer leaguer and sometimes uh, the joints are a little sore in the morning. So, you know, your stuff has been great of keeping me limber. Uh, I've always been naturally gifted in that I'm pretty flexible. I can still do the splits at 39 years old with, you know, but there, there's also been times where I've had lower back issues and, and following your programs has helped, you know, so your profession is listed on the website, exercise physiologist. How did you get into that? And, you know, why? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I, I got into exercise science because I like gym class. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and I like the gym teachers. And so when, when you know, you, you discover that you can study at university, it's, that's a no-brainer. Um, so, so that's sort of how I got on that, that general and then um geez, I, I I finished my degree and and I, I didn't really want to be a high school teacher um you know I thought maybe to be a physical therapist wasn't really sure and then I you know I thought um you know I'd love to design exercise programs for people who had so this would have been I finished my undergrad in 93 so personal training wasn't really a thing so much then so you know I had this new idea that wow if, what if we designed exercise programs for people's actual goals you know at the time I, I worked in a gym and and I worked actually in like a muscle head gym and you know my job as a trainer was to show people how to use the machines and there was one area so there was the muscle head area which nobody went into except the muscle heads and then there was a little machine like circuit you know with the machines and so my job as a trainer was to show people how to use the machine circuit yep 
And so I had this, yeah, like light bulb moment. Like what if, what if like say someone really liked tennis and we designed an exercise program so they would play better tennis. So I got pretty excited about that. And I went to one of the big fitness clubs in, in London and I applied for a job as a trainer and, and uh, I thought, you know, I'm going to work my way up and, and one day I'm going to be like regional manager of this fitness <laughs> chain. And uh, be the Michael so, Scott of the chain. Exactly. Yeah, totally <laughs> what it's going to be. So I was uh, interviewing with the manager of the club and shared my like million dollar idea that we were going to design exercise programs that actually help people achieve their goals. And she's, she's, she smiled and she said, you know, Maria, that's, that's a really nice idea but our business is selling memberships. Mm -hmm. And it was like, okay, okay. You know, I get it. So pretty much the next day I applied to do my master's because I wanted to learn more about how the body worked. And um, so I did a master's in sport medicine, uh, like um, kinesiology specializing in sport medicine and looking at rehab after knee surgery. And uh, then that led me into a, a full-time job as an exercise specialist at the Fowler Kennedy Sport Medicine Clinic, working in rehab, where I got to help the athletes, the varsity athletes, because it was at the university, and, and athletes in the community get back to sport. And, um, you know, that sort of helped me formulate my, my, sit, my philosophy for training, this inside-out approach, and athletes were having good success. And so then you know, it, like it got to the point that our athletes didn't want to get discharged from physio because they wanted to keep coming in like working out. So, you know, I would, I would train them in the back parking lot after work, you know, and <laughs> stuff like that. So then I started my own business and, uh, you know, it eventually evolved that into opening, opening revolution, which was given that into this last September, I sold it, but, uh, you know, that, that's, you know, that's how I sort of got, got here well and that kind of makes sense as to how you started working with more athletes over time and specifically hockey in Canada if you're going to work with athletes you're going to work with hockey players um but it seems like you've focused on goalies why why this gravitation towards us goalies you know <laughs> and us us weirdos some might say yeah <laughs> it's, a, it's a valid question um it's so when I when I was, when I started the gym and it was just me, so I was working, you know, from six in the morning till eight or nine at night and really it kind of occurred to me, like if I tore my ACL or something, I would have no, no income mm -hmm. <laughs> whatsoever. Like if I couldn't be in here every day. And so I started a website and I, and I had had good success training hockey players. I developed a reputation for it. So I started a website called hockey training pro and I created free content just like I do now, but for yep. skaters and, and then every so often, cause I always just, I always saw goaltending as like a completely different sport. Like yep. it's just so, um, and I was always wanted to be the goalie when we played road hockey, you know, there, there wasn't girls hockey when I was a kid, but there was road hockey and I was always Ken Dryden. <laughs> and, uh, so I would just do like, you know, just applying again, like anatomy, physiology, to goalie stuff and and then the goalies would be like oh this is this is amazing like I tried this and I feel so much better and then so it had never occurred to me that no one is helping goalies yep and even at the time you know this would have been maybe 15 years ago um 
like even coaches that were mentors to me, coaches that I really respected who had great reputations in the industry would say like, goalies don't need special training. They already think they're so special. They don't need, you don't need to make them feel more special. Like, like that's just stupid. Like, like I literally had strength coaches that wouldn't even discuss the topic with me. Mm -hmm. And um, so then maybe eight, years ago or nine years ago, I just decided, you know what, I just want, I want my sandbox to be goalie training and I'm going to play in there all the time, you know, and, and then just, yeah, last year I sold the gym so that I could spend more time in the sandbox. But <laughs> like, I love goalies. I think the position is unlike anything, um, in all of sport. Um, and I think there are a lot of things we can do to help improve performance dramatically, but also reduce the risk of, of injury. And, um, so that's, yeah, that's my mission. And I, I think your vision is starting to take hold too, because you're not seeing as many goalies get injured these days because that thought process of we can't just throw the goal goalie in with the rest of the team for regular drills. And we've seen that on the ice where for so long it was okay. Goalies are, get in line, you're doing the skating drills with us. You don't see that anymore. They say, all right, the goalies are going off. They're doing their own stuff now. We're starting to see that on the um, exercise side of things. You know, when I was in high school and college, it was, all right, go with the rest of the team. There's your workout. And we've learned goalies bulking up isn't probably the best thing for us. But my six foot two defenseman, yeah, I want him to have uh, some big biceps to protect me. Probably not good for me, though. And I, I think your vision is slowly starting to um, uh, take hold within the hockey community, too. I mean, with goalies, which is latched on right away going, yeah, we're all for it. And I, I sometimes wonder if a guy like Dominic Hasek, when people saw how good he was, and then you see him out of his equipment, and it didn't look like he had an ounce of muscle or fat on his body, but it was like, hmm, there, he might be okay. Maybe it's not the... Uh, Anton Kudobin body style that we need to throw in the net all the time. Yeah, it, you know, it's such an interesting sport. I actually just did a video about um, training strategies for shorter goalies. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and one of the messages too is that like you, like you've got to do these things. You have to be, you know, when they say athletic, well, like I don't think there's many like unathletic goalies playing at a high level, but because, you know, like I've worked with some professional football players too, like, and, and like offensive linemen. And it's like, that is a huge body mm -hmm. and they are fast. Yep. So, you know, it's like there, there isn't going to be, I don't even know that, I don't know that there are like any lumbering, blocking six foot four goalies. They're going to be six foot four, like, athletes yep. <laughs> you yeah. know um so it's it's exciting and scary all at once you know it's um pretty cool you know you mentioned the height piece of goalies and there are some nhl teams that won't even look at goalies if they're not six foot three and i i think that's ridiculous uh some of the greatest goalies to play the game you got a guy like mike richter uh john van beesbrook uh, uh curtis joseph all of those guys were under six foot and yeah, and those those teams wouldn't look at any of these Hall of Fame caliber goalies. You know, some of them arguably the best of their time. Um, I, I don't recall Patrick Waz 
or um, Marty Brodeurs, but I don't think they were 6'3 or taller either. I mean, think about that. <laughs> These teams would pass on some of the greatest goalies to play the game just because of a height piece. Um, it's crazy to me. So, you know, you you started structuring your program towards goalies because there was a need and an opportunity and you liked playing goalie in street hockey, but you weren't playing ice hockey at the time. It wasn't until not that long ago you decided, Hey, if I'm going to coach these goalies, I need to get myself out on the ice and learn to play. So that's been fun to watch on social media, your uh, progression of being a, you know, new learn to skate goalie to, you know, I, I would say you're up there with, the beer league goalie veterans where you're comfortable in net now, what's that been like? And why did you make that decision to get out on the ice and put yourself in front of the puck? Um, well, and, and again, like I'm blessed because I grew up in a time when even the boys who played hockey, it wasn't like it is now, you know, they might've had one or two practices in a game yeah. or something. So everyone played road hockey after school, like yeah. every day, everyone until the streetlights came on. And then we had backyard rinks too. Yep. So, you know, we all like, I, so I didn't know how to skate and I had played some adult hockey, like as a defenseman, um, um, which was okay. Like I, I didn't mind it, but then, uh, so I always sort of had that goalie gene. Like it's, you know, like it just <laughs> yeah. is kind of in you and it's like, oh, I, I kind of want to get the pads. And yeah. So I just went and bought all used stuff, used skates, used pads, used gloves, used blah, like everything used. Yep. And uh, the glove and the blocker just stunk like, yeah, like <laughs> so bad. But um, um, and I just had a blast. But so the reason I did it was really to feel because unless you, I can apply the science to it, but there's always like, um, you know, there's that one muscle that you miss that yeah. you don't even realize, you know. So so that's what I wanted to feel. What it felt like. What were the what were the sticking points? What was, what got the most tired? Um, and so that's been super helpful. It's really changed, um, how, how I approach training goalies. If you look at a video of mine from probably even like four years ago, um, I would always talk in terms of, and we're going to get a big, powerful push. Yep. Well, now that I can push without falling down, it's like, <laughs> if I do a big, powerful push, I'm, a foot and a half, two feet right out of my crease. Yep. So it's like, so that's me. So we don't need big, powerful pushes. We need quick, powerful pushes at yep. different ranges of motion. You know, pushing from here is fine, uh, but we also have to develop the skill of pushing from here, you know, generating out of range power. So so that's kind of how it evolved, um, really just coming back to sort of a position I love more as a scientist to start with. But yeah, we play, we're not playing right now, but we play on Sundays with a great group and it's so fun. I love it. Now, it's interesting you mentioned that, you know, if, if we look at older videos, there's going to be a different message. Now that you've had a chance to put the pads on yourself and get to a point where you know, you, you feel you're a fairly competent goaltender. What do you wish goalies knew as they were coming into a training session? You know, fresh face goalie hasn't trained with somebody before. What do you wish they knew going in so that they could maximize their training? 
I wish they knew that mobility is not the same as flexibility. So stretching, just to try to do the splits, um, doesn't really translate onto the ice. And yeah, some people's hips can do the splits. Some people's hips cannot do the splits. So, right. um, you know, and, and nor do they need to. So if they, I'd like them to understand that mobility is a combination of flexibility plus stability. It's what range of motion can I control? How far out can I reach, but then still pull myself back, have that strength to pull myself back. If, if I was going to pick one thing, that would be the one. And that, and that's where it has to start. You know, mm -hmm. you, you, you can't use your brute strength to stop a puck really, you know, you need the speed and you need the movement and the stability and arrive where you want to be balance so you're ready to make the save or ready to move to the next position um so yeah and i think especially young boys they want to like they want to lift they want to lift heavy stuff yeah. that's strong and yep. you know which i understand as well and there is a place for that they have to be strong and they're going to lift weights but it has to start with mobility absolutely um and that makes so much sense now you work with goalies like you said younger goalies you work with some pro goalies what about the beer league goalie like myself who, you know, we've got our nine to five day job. Uh, most of us have our kids activities. We got to, you know, shuttle people around to, but we still want to do something to keep that mobility for as long as we can. What's the best thing we can do to keep that mobility as long as we can. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think at all goalies, um, have an idea in their mind of mm -hmm. how much work it is. Like they almost see like, Oh geez, I saw a thing that the, this pro guy, he trains for four hours a day, which I think is kind of crazy too. If, if a pro goalie's in the gym for four hours a day, there's something wrong, but um, you know, so they think, Oh, well I don't have four hours to train. Therefore I can't train. Mm -hmm. So I think the, the first message would be, it doesn't take that much. And, and you'll be surprised. So even if you did one set of the right program, you'd actually notice things like, like within a week, you'd notice mm -hmm. changes. I think they, the best thing though um, they can do is, is work on mobility. Um, and I'm not trying to plug anything, but I, but I, I made an app um, mm -hmm. It's called the butterfly challenge. Yep. And so it's just it. a four, yeah. It's just like a 14 day. It's like so simple, right? Like it's, it's basically like, Remember when we started reading and we read that book, like fun with Dick and Jane, yep. it's like the fun with Dick and Jane version of like goalie specific mobility. Um, but it's it, like, it, it, it improves your butterfly flare. Most people get sort of two to four inches wider butterfly flare in the two weeks. And they just, they tell me like, my hips just feel so much looser. My hips aren't sore afterwards. So yep. I think that's sort of, I mean, you can, they can get a different mobility routine too, but um, working on mobility, specifically hip internal rotation, they will notice a difference on the ice. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy you mentioned that um, program because there's quite a few goalie specific Facebook groups I'm a member of. And at least once a week, you got a goalie coming in saying, Hey, I'm coming back from injury or, I'm having issues here. What do you guys recommend? And if not the first, it's always the second response from another goalie is you need to check out Maria, oh, <laughs> check out her stuff, you know, and, and it's all, all of us will 
older goalies have definitely taken notice. And uh, a couple times, guys and gals have said, you know, hey, I've been doing this program for two weeks now or three weeks. And some of them have had the measurement of their butterfly flares you mentioned. And it's just a bunch of at least the beer league goalies. We've caught on and we're, we're trying to share with others when they're wondering, what should we do? And it's like you need to get on that that program because it's it's going to take those next morning aches and pains away yeah well, it may not take them away but it'll minimize them well and, and that's the thing like because again like and it's so simple and, and and to even look at it, it's like this is really simple like yep. seriously like I, maybe i'll do it twice like maybe yep. i'll do it four times a day you know and it's like no no like and 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 that's what I hope, actually. I hope that I can show goalies at all levels. And that's why I put out so much free stuff, too, is, like, so that, number one, they can use it and benefit. Mm-hmm. But also that they'll see, like, holy, I just did this, and I made that much improvement. So what's next? You know, right. and, and uh, keep keep improving. Because I think, you know, when I get emails or posts on social, it's like, oh, well, now that I'm really old, I'm 36. It's like, <laughs> Your life's just beginning. Oh, 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 you know, like simmer down, Grandpa. Like, yeah, uh, you know. It's, <laughs> so, like, I hate when age is an excuse, and I even catch myself sometimes. Like, um, you know, a few years ago, I had uh, some like back issues, like a little um, bulging disc thingy going on, and you know, I couldn't put my socks on in the morning without like leaning on the bed and like you know and uh and you sort of think like oh you know I'm I'm 50 now and it's like no (laughs) (laughs) that's not the reason you can't put on your socks figure it out right yeah you know it's I I started playing hockey in a time where my first set of equipment was brown deer hair filled pads and we're learning to skate save um so like I've I've got the tr- traditional old bad goalie knees and this time of year when the season's starting to change and I hate saying it but here in Minnesota the leaves are starting to change early this year and has us scared um, <laughs> but it's like when the seasons change it's a little longer to get going in the morning and it's it's not because I'm not doing what I'm supposed to it's just that's how my body responds to the atmosphere around me. And I, I think once I've realized that, that's been a, a big change too, because it's not like, oh, I'm getting old. It's no, the seasons are changing. I, I feel like my my grandpa, like, eh, it's going to rain today. Yeah, yeah I, I can tell. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like, it's respecting that because it's not yeah. the same. It's because some, some adults too are like, well, my back was sore, so I started doing heavy deadlifts. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, that's not going to be, you know, so it is, it's respecting, you know, and, and getting more recovery. Like this, this probably the last three months I've gone down to just doing two sets of my strength mm-hmm. training. And it's like, you know what? I feel like my body recovers better when I just do two sets, even though in my brain, it's like, well, that's kind of soft, Maria. Like, come on, Maria. Like, do three. Like, you just need to be stronger. Yeah. Like, no, no. Like, this feels good. I've talked to other trainers. Uh, one of my former jobs, I worked at a small fitness franchise that was for uh, people fifty and over, uh, which was a really cool concept. Um, but I was talking to our 
director of programming and you know he was very much on the two sets is fine it's it's not about how many reps it's about the quality of the reps and once you figure that out um you know we we had some of our older club members that were in their 70s and 80s they might only do one set of 12 reps but that was one great set and a lot better than the three three sets that other people were doing in the club and it was because Mm -hmm. of that they were in better shape. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's true. Yeah. So, you know, let's get back to you putting on the pads and not, I can't even say learning the position because you knew so much of it before you put the pads on, but learning to play it on the ice, what surprised you the most about being on the ice as a goalie? Easily, what surprised me the most is just how exhausting recovering from the butterfly is. Like, yep. so like butterfly recovery, butterfly recovery, and it's like my legs are crushed, right? <laughs> They're now. on fire, yeah. Yeah, so that that was that was one. The other I think too was I think I had discounted the static postures. So for example, like um, it seems like when we play Sunday morning hockey, the puck will get down in the corner, maybe at or just below the goal line. So I'm at my post and I'm low in my legs, ready to push out, but I'm stuck there because they're mm-hmm. thinking around with the puck in the boards. And, and that, you know, like your legs start to, you know. Um, it's like doing a two minute wall sit. Well, that's it. So like now in my programs, like um, one of the guys I train um, like online one of the workouts was like, like a high intensity, uh, cardio bit, but then it was like a post hold. Like, so just getting low in the legs in that position and holding for like 30 seconds. And they're like, Oh, that, you know, that's, but, but because that is a different type of energy system that goalies really, really need. Yeah. And I think that's really what sets us apart from the skaters is they don't have that hold a position for a while. It's, either standing around with their stick at the waist, which is usually what my defense does, even if there's somebody (laughs) next to them or skating, you know, full stride. And, you know, it it always bugs me when they say, Oh, you guys don't do any skating back there. And I'm going to have to find the studies that have shown goalies do more skating in that little crease than a player does all game. And when I point that out to people, they're like, oh, I don't don't believe that one. And it's like, it's true. It's backed by science. (laughs) Yeah, somebody that we skate with on Sunday was like, "Um, Maria, do you want us to just go out and do like 20 minutes of skating before we play so that you can get a workout too? (laughs) Like, no. Yeah. Yeah. You put this on and skate around. Everyone should have to put on the gear and skate laps at least just like, yeah. Yeah, it it was always funny. I was uh, skating with the junior team once and they would have the team do skating drills and there were a couple of us goalies and they called it the uh, Clydesdale line. <laughs> We'd be coming down and uh, yeah, I, I always uh, got excited when we'd be doing some of those skating drills and I was passing my teammates and it was like, yep, we, yeah. we can move with this stuff on if, but you got to stop picking on us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, let me go back to my notes here because I, I've kind of gone off script, which is, I love when oh, I do yeah. that. Yeah, I get excited uh, and I start going a million directions. No, I, I am too. That That's what goalies do. 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, that that's part of the reason I put notes together so that I can try and, you know, go one way or another if I, I'm struggling. So as you've put the pads on, you know, you mentioned from the physical side, the static holding, you know, what else has really surprised you about being a goalie? Um, I think like I, I'm, I'm very interested in the geometry of it. Um, the depth management, I'm surprised at how bad I am at it. Um, you and know, how it changes I, from rink to rink too. I don't, I don't even know enough to know that. Like, <laughs> yeah. So it just like, and so one of the, one of the guys that is a pretty good player he used to play some junior and he skates with us on Sundays. And so, you know, he'll often shoot on me and warm up and, you know, he'll say like, <laughs> yeah. like I can see, you know, and, and so, but, but learn, learning that, um, um, probably I learned that at network goaltending, maybe like Tomas Magnuson, you know, got mm-hmm. out the lines and, and it's yeah. just like, wow, that's, you know, if you can learn that, uh, and really visualize it. So I'm not a super visual person either that way. So, but I think if you can learn that box control, mm-hmm. um, and really visualize it, you know, I, I, I think that's just, and I don't know. I don't know the young goalies learn that enough. So that's another thing that really, you know, when I'm positioned properly, how much more the puck hits me, yep. <laughs> Which, you know, it shouldn't be a shock, but it, it, it is because where I line up is often not where I should be. Yeah. It, it's interesting. You say that I was a squirt um, and there was a new goalie coach in town. I, I grew up in Chicago. And so there, there really weren't goalie coaches in the city of Chicago in the, early to mid nineties. And this was just a, uh, retired AHL goalie that had blown his knee out cause he didn't stretch before practice. So he was very adamant about stretching yeah. before we did anything and after we did anything. So that, that was something that was ingrained in me very young, but they tied together a bunch of skate laces, tied them to the edge of the post. And one of us would have to go in the net and we'd have to follow that box control. But then he put all of the other goalies behind the shooter so that we could see, okay, if you move back, look at how much room we have to shoot. Yeah. At. If you move out, you know, yeah, you've cut off the angle and we can't see the net, but look at how f- you've come out too far based on the geometry. And yeah. uh, I think it was good. I learned that at that age because otherwise I probably would have really messed up my game more than I already had. Um, yeah. But th- that's an important lesson I think for goalies to, to learn at any age. And there, there was a training aid for a while that clipped onto the post and it just, it clicked, clipped onto the post and there's a little piece that clipped onto the shooter's blade and it was just the strings. And as you moved, yeah. it automatically went in and out. And I don't know why they don't still sell that because it makes so much sense. And I, I go to the rink sometimes and see uh, goalie coaches out there and they've just, they've, brought string or rope or something to, to recreate yeah. that. And it, yeah. it's a, or now, now you're starting to see them bring the iPad out and just take the video and they can yeah. show it that way. But uh, yeah, it's, it, to me, it was nice to have that physical string there because then I could feel it on my arms. Okay. I've come out far enough or wait a minute. I don't feel it. Yeah. As, as they moved, it moved. 
a thing that's really cool is because um, I've been I I bought that Sensorina yes. and um, so it one of the features is you can turn on the, just the angle or you can turn on the box control. So as oh, you cool. move out, uh, it the box gets smaller as you move back. So for me, that's been good because I don't work a lot with a goalie coach. So. I, I understand the concept, but I don't, I, I don't have the skill. Um, so for me, that's been awesome to be practicing uh, that skill. Well, and as we move into beer league, it's not like we have three, four days a week of practice. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, the last time I went to a practice was because I showed up to a uh, summer game early last year because I, I still have that feeling I need to be at a game an hour ahead of time. And there was a high school team on the ice. And they only had one goalie show up. So the coach said, hey, you want to get some shots? And I was like, yeah, I used to like practice, actually. (laughs) And it it was fun because I actually got to work on things I hadn't been, and I hadn't been able to do that in years. But, you know, so tell me more about the, uh, you know, sensory arena, because I talked to Justin Goldman of the Goalie Guild uh, last Friday, actually. And I completely forgot to ask him about that. So if I'm hearing you right, you can almost use it for your own one-on-one practice at home. Yeah. So it's too bad you forgot to ask Justin because he would have he would have lit up even yeah. more than he than he already is. Like he's such <laughs> he's like he's such a gift to the goalie world. Yes. But, um, so yeah. So I got it. I got it because I'm, I'm friends with Brian Decord, and he was involved in it. And, and they did a presentation at the network goaltending. We had a virtual symposium this year that was mm-hmm. awesome. And they did a presentation at that. Um, oh, actually, it might have been at the global goaltending retreat. I think it was at the virtual global goaltending retreat that Justin hosts. But anyway, you know, and it looked interesting. And yeah. I thought. Uh, you know, I'd like to support Brian. Uh, maybe I can use it myself to get better. And I think some of the goalies that I work with, um, you know, they probably think it's kind of cool, like kind of yeah. fun and cool and different. And and I'm always very serious about training. So I was like, you know what, this might be something that I can like, like giving up like a kid yeah. an iPad, like here. Okay. You did yeah. your work. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know if you can hear the fighter jets overhead, but we were having an air show this weekend. And oh, how cool. Yeah. But, um, so I, I got it. I, like, I, I don't play video games. I had no interest in virtual reality. Like, like I wouldn't cross the street to try virtual reality. Like I just, yeah. it's not my jam. Um, <laughs> so I put on the, the Oculus and, um, the, basically the home setting just for the Oculus is this like geodesic dome in Norway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's and you see shooting stars and northern lights and if you walk over here you get closer to the fire and you walk over <laughs> like and it was I was like oh my god like this <laughs> is nuts like this thing is crazy like I would just put this on and like pretend I lived in that place because it's so cool <laughs> um and then so then I loaded up the sense arena and it was just like like you know the sound when you go into an empty rink yes and there's just there's a sound I can't describe it there's it's a like, sound and a smell. Yeah. It's like, this is the sound. And it was just, and then, um, like, so there's a net behind you and you can actually use it with a real net, but it, but virtually there's a net behind you. And still, like I've, I've used it for hours and hours, but I still go to like lean on my <laughs> net and think, oh yeah, Jesus, that's not real. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, you can make the drills as simple or as advanced 
as, as, as you want. And it really is like, if I catch the puck off the inside of my blocker, it'll, the puck will go this way. It's not like, Oh, you were close enough. Oh, it went right into the corner. It's, it knows. Um, I, I was wondering how accurate some of the, um, you know, progressions are because we've all seen the, the uh, highlights from Madden NFL or even uh, NHL where, you know, you, you hit the guy and then they go flying into the stands, you know, so that, that if I'm hearing you, it, it's very realistic. If, if you turn the wrists and guide the puck into the corner, the puck's going into the corner. If I yeah. angle it down, it's going down. If yeah. I angle it up, it, it is not a, yeah, like it is not a video game. It's, it's really, um, it, to the extent that, um, some of the drills are like computer generated kind of mm-hmm. skaters, um, that are almost like pylons. It's not the best description, but some of the drills are like a live shooter. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the better goalies, not me, but the better goalies, like they can practice reading the release off the blade of the stick. Yep. And, um, you know, and, and it's, it's cool. So one of the, a guy that I work with who's a pro goalie in Europe, he came down so we could do a little bit of work together. He's from the Toronto area. So I, I, uh, I was like, Hey, I want you to try this. I just gotten it kind of thing. And I've used it a couple times and was blown away. But again, I'm not what I consider a goalie goalie. So, uh, he put it on and, um, you know, he's like, this is, this is exactly what I feel when I'm on the ice. Like this yeah. is what I'm looking at and seeing when I'm on the ice. And I, and I said, cause for me, I noticed when I do the stupid things that I do on the ice that lead to a goal, uh, if I do those in sense arena, I get scored on too. So I said, <laughs> you know, when you do the stupid things you do on the ice to get you scored on, you find you're getting scored on here. He's like, yeah, like <laughs> it's so, you know, and he, like, he was like, give me the, give me the link. Like I'm getting one of these. Yeah. Um, it's pretty cool. How smooth are the animations? Are there any like little hiccups here or there? Or is it just nice and seamless where you wouldn't even know? The animations are seamless. There's one hiccup, um, that I've talked to them about and they're working on. So you can hold the paddles. Mm -hmm. Um, you can hold the, the paddles. So like I can just hold them, you know, like that. Yeah. And and like the angle matters. Like so if I if I hold them like this, that's right. that doesn't work, you know. And and when I look down, I see a glove and a blocker. Mm-hmm. Um but you can also there's a uh an attachment that you can put on your actual glove and blocker. Yeah, I saw on Justin's Instagram video that it was real easy. Um he recommends if you've got an extra set sitting around just leave them on there yeah and it's it's good there's one hiccup um with the blocker because the the oculus the um, headset it kind of needs to see the sensor to kind of triangulate exactly where it is so uh i think i sometimes because i don't think everyone has this problem but i think i do some funky things with my blocker so that then the oculus can't see my sensor and so i get a float you get a floating blocker like your blocker <laughs> is hovering out here you have yeah. to come back and pick it up 
So it's not a big deal. It doesn't happen all the time, but it is something that they're like, oh yeah, like sometimes if if it can't pick up a signal from the from the paddle, um, then it'll float in space. But very but. cool. I'm I'm gonna have to look into one of those because I just love playing and uh, you know through quarantine that that was a little difficult. But I think if I had one of those, I, I would have felt a little bit better. Um, yeah. Who knows? Like, no, I, I think, yeah, seriously, like it's, there's, yeah, it's not a toy. Like it's, <laughs> and it's not going to replace your goalie coach either. No. You know, like um, you're still going to need to work and get feedback, but then in between it's like, okay, I'm thinking about, you know, keeping my hands in front of me or, or whatever it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm glad we got to talk about that. Cause like I said, I forgot to ask Justin, which just gives me another reason to have him on for a second episode later on. <laughs> but you know what? It's probably good too because Justin likes gaming. He loves yep. tech. Like so, so he's gonna love. Like oh he's yeah, he's gonna love it. I like. I don't like gaming. I'm not huge into that kind of a tech. And like, yeah, like I can't believe. It. I, I'm more on the level of you in that. I'll I'll play a video game when my son asks me to, but. Those days are behind me, <laughs> you know, but then, then again, we grew up playing Super Mario on Nintendo where, you know, if, if you died, your game was over. You didn't have 45 <laughs> more chances. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's a great YouTube channel out there where they give old tech to kids. And one of them was they gave them a Nintendo Entertainment Center and they're playing the old video game Contra and the person gets shot once and they're dead and the game over is like, what is this? Like, <laughs> I'm dead already. That that's not how it's supposed to work. And it's like, no. If if you wanted to beat a game, you had to sit there for hours and not die. <laughs> this is okay. So this is another generational thing. One year for Christmas, my parents got me this car driving game. Yeah. And it was like a little like plastic car. Like it would sit on the floor. It was a little plastic oh. car in this deck. And then it was a scroll of paper. Yes. I remember playing those. Steer the wheel of the car would just go like, and like, like, and I was probably I don't know eight or nine, but you don't even clue in that like this is exactly the same every time. You're just like, I am driving a car. Yep, they they were great for road trips. That's for sure. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I I remember that that toy. Um, Now you mentioned you put out a lot of great free content. Uh, it seems like every day, uh, how much has this focus on putting content out changed your business model? You know, you said for a long time you had a gym and you, you've sold that, you know, was that because you were able to make money because of your content or tell me a little bit about the content creation and how much you actually put out? Yeah. Um, like I, yeah, I put out a lot and, um, it is like, my mission is to help goalies anywhere in the world, get better, stay healthier, even if they never, if they don't even have a penny to afford, because I know that everyone's in a different situation. So it's like, yes, I have premium programs and beginner programs and free stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I really enjoy it. Like it's, it's like how I sit down and have a conversation with, with, with goalies all over the world. And I've, you know, um, like I've developed relationships and, you know, I get to meet you and now 
now I know you better. And yep. you know, it's like sometimes you meet a goalie who's, who's, you know, sort of been in, in the sphere for years and it's like, Oh yeah, we've never actually met before, you know, cause mm-hmm. you feel like you have such friends. So, um, you know, I think really what's changed for, the volume has probably gone up a bit, but what's changed is I'm, I'm much more interested in putting out good quality. Yep. I should say better quality videos now with better sound. It used to kind of be like rustic, let's yep. say. Um, and now well, it's like, I want this to be something that's sort of pleasant to watch, not just like, there's the drills, you know? I, I uh, My day job is digital marketing. And so I'm very much uh, in tune with that what you're doing takes time. I, I understand that the editing is not the snap of a finger that there's a lot more to it. So uh, I'm actually impressed with how much you put out and how often you do because of that. But at the same time in marketing, we say, if all you have is that iPhone, put that video out there. It doesn't matter how rustic it looks. It's better yeah. than nothing. Um, now, one thing I've noticed with all of your videos, everything you do, you approach it with so much energy. How much coffee do you drink in a day to get that energy? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm actually like caffeine sensitive. So, and, so, if I, so I mostly have to drink the calf coffee um, or I get like, yeah. like, like I'm shaking right out of my skin if I don't. So I will have maybe a coffee a day. Uh, I really enjoy <laughs> coffee actually, but it's like, yeah, like I will literally shake out of my skin. Well, figuratively, I suppose. <laughs> um, but I like so, yeah. Like, uh, like I'm excited about yeah. it. Like I like it's fun and it's exciting. You can tell. And, yeah. So it's it's uh, like I'm not always like uh, so excited, but when I talk about goalie stuff, it's it's it, it excites me, and so away I go. Well, it comes across in your videos, and I think that's what makes them so much fun to watch too, because. When I was uh, in college, I would work our summer hockey camps, and I'm going to bring this up. I'm talking to my old college goalie coach on Tuesday. Uh, We used to make our goalies watch these videos with this goalie coach, and it was very monotone, and he's sitting in the locker room, he's like this, and they were so hard to watch because you just wanted to fall asleep. But your videos, I don't want to fall asleep because – there's exciting. There's so much energy. It's like, I could watch these for hours. <laughs> you should see some of the early ones. Yeah. This is how you do a back squat. Yeah. First you put the bar on your shoulders. Then you. <laughs> yeah. Like... Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to remember to ask Donnie about those old videos and any, any goalie from our program, we always joke about them because we all worked the hockey camps and we had to watch yeah. this over and over and over again. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> um, so I want to be sensitive of time. One of the things I'm trying to do with everybody I talk to is I like to ask about 10 rapid fire questions oh. to close things out. Just a little bit of fun, that I, but I think it also brings out some of the personality of the goalies. So um, the first one, you may not really have as many, but uh, you, you've been to enough clinics and whatnot. You might. What's the craziest coaching moment you have witnessed? You know, a Mike Keenan like throwing sticks, just having a tirade. What's the craziest coaching moment you've uh, been around? Well, when you say that, it, it, the the thing that pops into my head, so it's rapid fire. I'll tell you this: is um, 
when I was uh, when I worked at the sport medicine clinic, I was the um, like the sideline trainer for this junior football team in my hometown. So if someone got injured, I would go out there and yeah. you know half the time they'd be like, I'm just tired. <laughs> you know, like they lie there like they're dead. And you think oh my God, they're dead, and they go out and they're like, I'm just tired. I'm just taking a little rest here. <laughs> but um, so I'm. So I would always stay outside the, the locker room uh, at the halftime. And if somebody needed something, I would I would go in or they would come out. But I was pretty sensitive. Like, these are high school-age boys. And yep. I don't want to be in that locker room. Uh, and so the coach, who was the night coach Darnell, Coach Darnell is in there, and he is ripping on them, and he is cursing, and, are you men? You know, like, just going nuts. And I'm like, like, I'm scared. Like, I'm outside <laughs> kind of want to go home now and he comes out and he's like oh maria like thanks so much you're doing a great job like i really appreciate it and he's yeah. like you know, he's just it's like um like uh when tweety bird turns into dr jekyll and mr Hyde. Yeah. you know it's, it was kind of like that so that probably for that it's that's the craziest coaching moment i i was coaching at the high school level for a while here in minnesota and there was a situation like that where we're walking to the locker room and the head coach he looks at me and the other assistant he goes you guys wait out here. And he kicks the door open and he just yelling. We heard him kick the garbage can and everything else. And it, he comes walking out and he turns the corner and he smiles. And he goes, you think that'll get him going? <laughs> it did. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, sometimes coaches know that's what the players need. They, good coaches know when to yell and when to just be quiet. Um, I, I forget who I was talking to, but they said after a bad game if the coach came in the locker room and didn't say anything that scared them more than if he came in and started yelling because they knew the next few days of practice were not going to be fun yeah 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 that's true um so what is your favorite goalie mask of all time um i really like carrie price's current current okay like the sort of muted uh, red and gray yeah. I really like that, but maybe my favorite of all, all time would be like old, like 1977 Ken Dryden Montreal. Yeah, that that is a great looking mask, and just the way you know, it, it's the red, red and blue circle. In fact, I've got a picture or a sticker of it on my oh, water yeah. bottle here. Yeah. Uh, you know, but the the way it just had that little outline of the Canadians logo, the subtlety yeah. of it was really good. Um, I, I was a big fan of that one. Um, so the, the, your all time favorite rink to skate at. I like, we skated in the old, old rink in London called the, it used to be called Brookside, but it's, you know, it's one of those like dome one, like, yeah. uh, I like that rink. Yeah. It's, it's always funny. A lot of people I talk to, it's either some pro rink they've skated in or it's those little old rinks that have so much character and mm-hmm. I, I like those ones with character um so th- this next one is an interesting one what's your favorite stick that you've used while playing um i'm gonna go old school but my 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 mother's parents were greek so i had a yaya growing oh. up with my greek grandmother and <laughs> She bought me my first ever because um, when we play road hockey, you just use the Howie Meeker like your player stick, yeah. so your goalie stick. She bought me uh, at the Canadian Tire a wooden Sherwood goalie stick. 
and that was just like, are you kidding yep. me right now? Like, wow. I, I appreciate that Sherwood is still making the wooden goalie sticks for folks like myself who, one, I'm not going to spend $300 on a goalie stick. I just yeah. can't do it. And two, I don't like the sticks that are that darn light. I, I got so my first goalie stick that I bought was a Titan. And that thing, yeah. my goalie coach called it a log. It was the heaviest stick I've used my entire playing days. And I had that as a squirt and peewee and it was you know but it's like i need to feel like i got something there and these composites are just so darn light that to me it just it doesn't work um <laughs> i can skip over this next one but you might have one because you said you played a lot of road hockey and pond hockey what's your favorite youth hockey memory Oh, uh, my favorite youth hockey memory for sure would be um, <laughs> we're playing road hockey and you're like, so you're always playing game seven and seven. Yeah. And, but we would actually time it and keep score. And so the, the ball came to me and I scooped it up with my baseball glove and tossed it and hit it with my, hit it with my paddle. Yeah. Uh, and it went the length of the driveway and scored a goal, just like buzzer beater, oh. <laughs> uh, scored a goal against the Cup for the Montreal Canadiens. So oh, fun. That would, that would probably be my best memory. Now, the next question always made – well, I shouldn't say always because I, I think you're the fifth goalie I've talked to in, in this uh, po- young, fledging podcast, but each person I've talked to kind of chuckles when I ask it, what's the best chirp you've heard on the ice or in the locker room? Uh, you know, we don't, we don't chirp a lot on Sunday. <laughs> I might be the first person who doesn't have a good, uh, I know there are ones, but I can't, think, <laughs> can't think what they are. I probably just keep my head down. Cause I'm worried it'll be about me. The, the last fellow I talked to, um, we were both talking and we said, you know, some of the best chirps we've heard, they're not derogatory or anything in any way. It's just, they're so random and like catch you by surprise. It's like, wait, what did you just say? <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's almost what makes them uh, such a good chirp. You know, it reminds me of the Mighty Ducks three when Kenny Wu's trying to learn how to trash talk and he shouts over the other team, the Blake Bears. And he goes, Hey, number 13, you're not so good at hockey. And the other guys are like, what? What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know there are ones, but I just can't. Yeah. I yeah. Can't so you, you've reached the ranks where, you know, you play beer league hockey. What is the worst post-game beer you've been offered? We don't actually have beer because we play Sunday morning first thing. Uh, <laughs> so we just yeah, go, go like we play at, at 730 in the morning on Sundays and then goes home to do their chores. But I do remember um, we, we did a, like a, like it was like an adult learn to play hockey. So it was yeah. when I was still like skating. And so I, uh, I did it. And then my friend's wife did it. And so there were probably like five or six, women in this in this thing and we were like we had full-time jobs we were, you know probably th- 35 or something like that and uh, it was the last week of this adult hockey skills you know 12 week session or whatever and uh so that yeah this one of the girls like 
what kind of beer do you like? I'm bringing beers for the last week. <laughs> and the same thing, like, this is 7.30 in the morning, and it's like, you know, my friend's wife's like, uh, I gotta drive my kids to school after this. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. I don't Oh, funny. Yeah. I, I was talking um, to Dustin Smith for my first episode, and he's from Nashville. And so I asked him that question, and he started laughing. He goes, well, I came up to Minnesota for a skate in the wintertime, and they had beers in the parking lot afterwards in the winter. <laughs> that was the worst one I've had. It's going to be cold anyway. <laughs> yeah, I said, well, that, that's how we do it here. You know, if, if the rink doesn't let you have it in the locker room, which most of the rinks in Minnesota do allow it, actually. Really? You that don't, there's one that has a, uh, a bar connected to the curling club next door. So they prefer you go there for your post-game beers so they don't allow yeah. it in the locker room. Uh, but for the most part, if you're respectful and make sure they all find their way to the garbage can afterwards, yeah. they allow it. Um, so th- this sometimes is a polarizing question for goalies and hockey players in general. When you tape your stick, is it heel to toe or toe to heel? Heel to toe. Absolutely. So far, only one goalie I've talked to has done toe to heel and I still can't understand why they do it that way. How do you trim off the end and make it nice? Well, my my thing is, if I'm going to mess up my tape job, it's going to be going over that heel. And it's a lot easier to take it all off if there's only that much to take off than if I've gotten to the end and now I got to start all over. I don't go over my heel. Oh, okay. I stop like that far away. Well, I, I think I started taping the heel in my younger playing days because I was using wood sticks and the heel is where it just absorbed the water like a sponge and that's Mm -hmm. where it would start to peel apart so you almost had to the newer sticks you don't so I think I do out of habit still yeah Um, Yeah. if it's working if it ain't broke don't fix it yeah exactly I mean you look at a guy like um Dominic Hasek, who used to tape it darn near halfway off the paddle. And it worked for him. Yeah. Um, What's your favorite number to wear? Uh, 31. Okay. After Carey Price, I'm guessing? Mm -hmm. Okay. Or, yeah, so the backup would be 29, but yeah, 31. (laughs) I was going to say, at this point, I would have guessed Ken Dryden, but Mm -hmm. they they both make sense. Mm -hmm. Um, In the last question, any advice you have for younger goalies? You know, it's a lot easier to put in the work if you love the game. Yeah. And, and, and that, that should be – you should be playing because you love it. And uh, it, it always bothers me a little bit when I hear a young goalie say, well, I want to prove people wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what, there are a lot of people who believe in you too. So why not work to prove the people who believe in you right? Um, to prove to yourself. The only person you have to prove anything to is yourself. So, you know – do the work because you love the game and because you want to see how good you can be. Um, I think, I think that would be the biggest message. Absolutely. And that's a great message. I think a lot of younger goalies need to hear, but also their parents. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's supposed to be fun. Like that, that's, that's why you should play because it's fun. Yep, exactly. That's why I did play and I still play. Yeah. You know, a lot lot of my teammates from high school, they, they don't play anymore. And, if I look back at it, I could say, well, they liked the sport, but they didn't have that love that I clearly had at that point in time. It was the only thing I ever thought about. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. 
Like they were, they were putting in that work because they wanted to get to this level or, you know, yep. and then when they didn't get to that level, it's like, well, then I don't, I'm not going to play hockey anymore. Yep. Exactly. Whereas, yeah. If you love it, it's like, you know, we, we get to play hockey, you yep. know, which is amazing. Yeah. You know, every time I go to the rink now, it's, it's because I love the game. In fact, this summer, the group I was skating with is called for the love of puck. They're doing, they're working on a documentary about people who just love the game of hockey. Um, but it was just a fun group because we're all there for the same reason. We love the game of hockey. It's well, and, and like, what an amazing sport. And, and I'll get emails from people, goalies that are like, I'm 78 years old and I'm still yep. playing. And like, if you play football, you can't, you can't play football until, you know, when you're 50, 60 years old, like, but hockey, you can play for so long. Well, here in Minnesota, we had a fellow, Mark Sertich up in Duluth and he just passed away. He was 99 years old playing hockey till the week he died. You know, not only that, but he had a fantastic handlebar mustache to go with it. And he was skating three days a week up until he died. You know, what other sport? I'll be so lucky. Yeah. You can't do that with golf. You can't do that with tennis. Yeah. You know, no, but if hockey keeps you young. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I agree. so, well, Maria, I want to thank you so much for your time. It's been an awesome discussion. Um, I've been following you for quite some time. And as I mentioned, I've followed some of your programs when I've either been injured or trying to prevent injury and they work. So all you young goalies, all you beer leaguers that might be listening, you need to check Maria out and listen to what she has to say. Cause you know what you're talking about. There, there's a reason, you know, the goalies in the know turn to you. Yeah. Like it, it works so that, you know, it is, <laughs> it is, but you have to take action and just start simple and then you'll see like, Oh, actually, yeah, it does work. And I'm going to stop more pucks. And when I stop more pucks, I have more fun. And so uh, it's been great chatting with you. Thanks so much. Yes. Thank you. I so enjoyed talking to Maria and I think we could have kept talking for quite a bit longer. It doesn't matter your age or skill level, you need to check out Maria's different training programs at GoalieTrainingPro.com. They will help keep you on the ice and feeling good after every skate. Be sure to follow Maria on Instagram and Twitter by searching at GoalieTraining. I'll have links to both her social presence and website in the show notes. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Simply search for Washed Up Goalie and I'll pop up. Visit washedupgoalie.com for some great hockey-related content, my beer league hockey highlight videos, and all podcast episodes. I need to give a big thank you to the great hockey band, The Zambonis, for allowing me to use their music on my podcast. You can download their music on iTunes or listen to them wherever you stream your music. I'm also working on lining up other goalies to talk to. If you are a goalie or have connections to a goalie who I should talk to, shoot me an email at washedupgoalie39 at gmail.com or send me a DM on social media. And let's not forget, if you're a brand who wants to sponsor the show, be sure to reach out to me. I'd be happy to talk to you and work something out. And finally, if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment on the podcast platform you're listening on. It's a quick action on your part that helps others find Tendy Talk. Until next time, Keep your stick on the ice and your body square to the puck. Get on the 
takes me away. Not gonna see you for a while. Why? It's an away game. It's an away game. 